he's gay. I mean, he's gay, excuse me, he's blind. If you're at lunch, or if you have no appetite, now is a good time to switch off the radio. It will not be pleasant listening. Welcome to the Lawrence Ross Show. You sound a little taller on radio. A two-hour weekly exploration into the mind of a man who calls it like he sees it, but he can't see his audience. So what if I'm blind? At least I don't have to look at your ugly face. Want to interact with this fool? Call or text the comment line. 813-602-2715. Hope you enjoy the program because no refunds will be issued. And we'll do it live. I took a course in Good evening and welcome to the Lawrence Draw Show. Thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. Hope you all are enjoying yourselves. If you'd like, you can get in on the program, 813-602-2715. That's the comment line. Call or text. Going to be doing another giveaway this week, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you're tuning in. Don't let this ride out, of course. Everybody now. been everybody hope you all have been enjoying yourselves hope you all have been taking care of yourselves all that fine stuff uh before i get into anything just want to give out the number real quick 813-602-2715 going to be doing another giveaway as a matter of fact that's going to be coming up in a little bit but first i want to give an acknowledgement want to give a shout out thank you to a brand new facebook like Oh, I'm sorry I didn't have my knob. I'm sorry I didn't have the thing turned all the way up. Try that again. Take two. And here we go. There we go. Shout out to Yana Bennett. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Yana Bennett or Yana Bennett. Thank you for liking the page. Thank you so much. If you would like to like if you would like to hear your name announced on the show, all you have to do is just go to Facebook.com forward slash L Ross nineteen eighty seven Hit the like button, and I will give you an, an acknowledgement at the beginning of the next episode. And uh, last week, ladies and gentlemen, if you were listening, I did a giveaway. Shout out to uh, Jim in Georgia. He'll be getting his uh, product very soon. So, Jim, hope you enjoy it, my friend, and hopefully when you get it, you take a nice picture of yourself sporting it. And you tell people, hey, man, this is what this guy does. I know this dude. He's 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 out of his head a little bit, but, you know, it's cool. It's cool. Check it out. All right. Well, now, ladies and gentlemen, I figure it's time to do the keyword. This is for the for, for this is for the seven o'clock to eight o'clock hour. Remember, you can remember it's text only eight one three six zero two two seven one five. And it's a first-come, first-serve basis, ladies and gentlemen. So the first person to get in the text, get in the word, the first person, you will get 
a t-shirt courtesy of the Lawrence Ross Show. And here to help me out tonight with the mystery word, at least for this hour, I bring him in. Hey, uh, how y'all doing out there? Uh, uh, all you people out there in uh, radio. Wow, wow, this this really is something because, uh, you know, now I know what it's like to be blind because at least I don't have to uh, look at the audience. Oh, my gosh. All right, just, just give the word, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the word you're looking to text for the first hour is uh, pigeon. Uh, much like the character that I play on uh, Mike Tyson Mysteries. <laughs> uh, that's P I, yeah, that's P I G E O N. Just text that to eight one three six zero two two seven one five, and uh, you'll get a prize. And uh, and uh, do us a favor. Uh, don't be one of those assholes who uh, texts and drives, man. Cause yeah, oh my gosh. All right, thank you very much. Anything else, sir? Yeah, uh, just to let all you uh, people in the audience know, uh, O.J. Simpson did it. All right, thank you very much. You heard the man, ladies and gentlemen. The keyword for this hour is pigeon, P-I-G-E-O-N. Send that off to 813-602-2715. Be the first person, and you will get a prize from this program. So thank you very much for everybody who has been tuning in? Thank you to everybody who has been giving me a little feedback here and there. That's it's, it's always always very nice. We're going to be having a visit uh, from a Jim Rome. He's coming back uh, tonight. He's going to be talking about another moment in sports history, and uh, we'll be talking about that a little bit. And uh, well, I think I get into the personal recap. So Friday night after the show, I didn't really do all that much other than just hang out and just watch TV in the apartment. Been watching a lot of uh, Mike Tyson mysteries. I've really been getting into that. It's a real fun show, and it's oh, it's 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 hilarious, man. It's 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 like ten minutes of just silliness, but it's great. And then uh, Saturday was that uh, you know Saturday was kind of quiet. So was Sunday, and so was Monday. You know, I'm at the point now where when I have a day off on a. Uh, at the beginning of the week, say on a Monday, like the clock starts to slow down when it hits about four o'clock come Monday afternoon, because that's normally around the time I'd be getting home or on my way home. But when you got that day off, it's it kind of, I don't know, it, it tends to kind of throw a little bit of a, I don't know, it, it tends to throw things off a little bit sometimes. I get, I, I don't know, it's, it's always been like that with me. I think like ever, ever, ever since I was a lad growing up and uh, we'd have days off from school on Mondays and we'd come back on Tuesday, it would still, it would still feel kind of, yeah, it was cool getting that three day weekend, but it was kind of, but at the same time, it was kind of strange getting that. I think I, you know, I think, I think I only had like a four day weekend one time in Florida, I think. Well, no, no, I, I, I take that back. Uh, cause you know, the, uh. Uh, it's, it's well, I'll 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 I'll, I'll explain the uh, Florida school system in a little bit. Well, at least how they used to. And I'm not sure if they still do it today, but it's just like sometimes I like to reflect on some of the days off that I've had over the years, and it's just like it it it's always has been very strange to me to be coming back to school like a day or sometimes when the day off is right in the middle of the week, like if it's on a Wednesday, like if it's Veterans Day, and it's like. And it's a Wednesday for that year, which it was last year, by the way. 
it just it seems really strange to all of a sudden you know work work whatever it is you're doing then all of a sudden Wednesday right in the middle day off then Thursday Friday back to work back to school whatever it is you got to do it's really it's it's really strange it's 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 always it's always been like that regardless as to what you know position the calendar has been in except if the day falls on like a Friday or something and it's kind of already and it's already been determined that we got the day off then I can kind of relax a little bit but of course you know how it goes. But anyway, uh, so let's see that uh, I got a couple of irons in the fire in regards to some other things I have uh, going on. I'm not going to be getting into any uh, details just yet. Not that it's anything complicit. I'm just saying, I mean, it's just it's it's just it's it's something that I just want to, you know, I don't want to I don't want to reveal too much. And then all of a sudden, you know, I go to announce it and all of a sudden it goes pff, nothing. So I, I got I kind of have to, uh, you know. I can't be giving all can't be giving it all away right at the beginning. I kind of have to slow down a little bit. Gonna make room. Gonna make room, and then go from there. I'm me- mentally compartmentalizing some stuff that I want to be doing soon. Uh, I have a couple of ideas for some uh, new bits. One one new bit that I want to air hopefully next week if if I can get the uh, recording right for it, and uh, just some other stuff too. So I'm gonna be so pretty busy with that also trying to get some new imaging for the program if you would like to participate in imaging ladies and gentlemen you can help me out with that just send an email to blindlawrence at gmail.com that's b-l-i-n-d-l-a-w-r-e-n-c-e at gmail.com put imaging in the subject line and it does not matter to me what your experience level is you could be brand spanking new at this or you could be into it for 15 years or you could have like a passing interest in it. You could be like, well, you know, I've always I've always been interested in the promos. I'm curious as to how they are made. Well, that's something that I do on this program. I, I do all the imaging you hear on this program and I would love to incorporate some of you so that it sounds a little bit more of a so that so that there's a little bit more. There's kind of like a little bit more of a, like a diverse kind of a feel to it to where there's like an announcer saying my name and stuff like that. And the information is supposed to a computer saying it, which is fine. It's fine. I mean, that works, but in the interim, I mean, that works in the interim, but one of these days I'd like to, uh, advance and actually have something a little professional sounding, I guess you could say. All right. So now we have that taken care of, uh, really is all that much I can say in regards to my personal recap. So I'll just uh, jump right into the other section here that I have. Wait a minute. Where, where's the thing? Nope. Wrong one. <laughs> I didn't mean to play that. <clears throat> That's for something I'm working on later on. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, the keyword is pigeon. P-I-G-E-O-N. Text that. 2813-602-2715. And you... The first person to text that in will be getting free merchandise from the Lawrence Ross program. Now, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to step away from the microphone here for a little bit because I got something I uh, I have something I got to do. And I'm now going to turn things over to the uh, sports guy. Uh, Let me see if I got his stuff here. Do I get his stuff? Do I get all the stuff here? Let's see. Do I got his? Let's see. Let's see. Do I have all of his stuff racked up and ready to go? 
Do I have all the sports guy stuff or do I gotta get his stuff again? Dang it. Oh gosh, don't tell me I gotta Oh boy. <laughs> ah jeez. Right in the middle of racking up all the dude's stuff and all of a sudden the computer goes kaputs. Alright, just just relax, relax, relax. We'll we'll get it, we'll get it, we'll get it, we'll get it, we'll get it. Uh but uh you know, admittedly I'm not sure if this is going to be a full show because there really wasn't all that much other than the inauguration and Trump leaving. Other than that, there really is, well, maybe there, well, you know, you know, I probably shouldn't say that. I, 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 I should be able to try and squeeze something out of this program. Now, what the heck happened? Oh, great. <laughs> okay. Uh, while waiting for that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just want to uh just to uh want to talk about some sports here uh, uh some some new stuff that happened in sports uh the uh, Kansas City Chiefs won against uh the Cleveland Browns this past weekend so they're playing against Buffalo this coming Sunday at 5:40 p.m. that's going to be a pretty fun game and then there's the Buccaneers versus the Packers that's going to be a real intense one we're going to see other and I wouldn't be surprised if the if uh the Super Bowl this year is a rematch of the very first Super Bowl, which was Green Bay versus Kansas. And when all was said and done, Green Bay won 35-10. to 10. But now, you got to remember the dynamics of those teams were totally different than what they are today. I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he may be Aaron Rodgers, but he's not Brett, uh, Bart Starr. Uh, you know, Andy Reid, you know. He's already, you know, he's he's already, he's already won a Super Bowl with uh, the Chiefs. We'll see if he can get another one. Hopefully, hopefully, come uh, the seventh of February. I'm I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm looking for anyway, or hoping for. And right now, I'm just waiting for this thing. You know, it's it's so you know the perils of doing live radio, folks. Because some sometimes you want because when 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 you want this stuff to. To do what you want it to do, it does what it's supposed to do. But then sometimes it doesn't do what you what you want what you want it to do, and then it gets all messed up. But anyway, yeah, the stage has been set. Kansas versus Buffalo, as I said, five forty p.m. this coming Sunday. That's Central Time, by the way. So uh, I and and also Patrick Mahomes was on concut the concussion protocol this past Sunday because he took a real big hit. But I think I think he will I think he'll be back just fine, no problems. It seems like he's getting back to getting back to good. And I want to get into this topic in a little bit when, when the time is right. But right now, hang on, I hang on. I want to make sure that the sports guys' stuff. Here. Okay, there we go. Okay, that works. And let me see if this is working here. Okay, it's working. Okay, all right. Well. It's the Lawrence Ross Show on TF52.com. And I'm going to be stepping away here for a little bit because uh, we got our uh, sports guy coming in. All right, pick him in. All right, what is up? Hit the music. From Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. Jim Rub Show. First time of the program, welcome to it on a Zero Tolerance Friday. How they take don't suck. 1 800 636 8686. 
RomanHavitic.com. What are you all about the Sapphire Red Club every Friday night? All right. Now, Clones was looking at some sports history. Yesterday in 1993, it was the game between the Chicago Bulls and the New Jersey Nets. Final score of that game being Chicago 107, New Jersey 94. Great game watching Jordan and Rodman and Pippen. The squad out there making the right deals, making the smart plays, all that stuff. But the one thing everybody remembers from that game was not the game itself, but rather the event before it when Carl Lewis, an athlete, tries to become an artist. Oh, say can you see by the dawn? See, see, he sounds good there. Early lies. He kind of has it. What so proudly we held at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight. See, right there, right there, my man Carl Lewis, he's got it. He has the it factor. He was bored with it, but he also had to work to get it. Continuing. For the ramparts we watched with so gallantly streaming and the rockets uh-oh. 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 I cannot tell you how many times I've had to endure that one from the clubs over the years. Roll that back, Alvy. Uh-oh. 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 an email from Eric in Falls Church. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh-oh. You mean to tell me that Craig Kitchen is not going to give me a pay raise this year? Uh-oh. Are you telling me that Skip Bayless has a better show than me? Uh-oh. Are you telling me that JT the Brick, who, by the way, let me just say this right now. JT the Brick is a great guy. He's a great guy. Love to have the show yet again. He was actually on a couple of months ago talking about the smack-off, the legendary smack-off, which he won back in 1995. Uh-oh. Get it back to Carl. The bars bursting in Fed's booing in the background because they obviously know they don't want any of this. Then I hear this athlete go up and try and belt out something written by Francis Scott Key, a drinking song back in the 19th century. They don't want that. They just want to see Jordan. They want to see Rodman and Pippen go down the lane. That's all they want to see. Because here it comes, clones. Here comes that one point where the athlete or the artist or whoever 
has to really extend the fact that they're doing the Star Spangled Banner, the vocal acrobatics in which Carl Lewis holds the note in the same pitch, in the same passion that those soccer dodgers have, like Andre Cotretti, the guy who says goal for like nine seconds long. And now, and now clothes, now clothes, here is, now clothes, here is tape of Carl Lewis talking about that night and saying that he's actually glad it happened that way. I went to an inauguration event, and so I was actually under the weather and did not want to do it because I said, oh, I shouldn't do it, but then you can't back out. So I shouldn't have sang that day, but I'm actually glad it happened um, because it's a part of your journey. And the great thing about it, you know, kids will come up and they'll say, oh, I saw your anthem, but boy, I didn't realize you were that fast. And some other people are going to say, ha, 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 you know, isn't that funny? And I said, well, you know, if, if that's how you want to define me, that's your business. I've been on interviews, and they'll say, oh, they'll just laugh it up, laugh it up. And I'll say, isn't it funny? My anthem 25 years ago has been seen by more people than your show. Oh, check that. Check that. Check that. My man Carl. My man Carl right there with a sick burn. That is only a sick burn, but that one deserves a tug right there. One of the smartest things I've ever said in the jungle, on the jungle, ever, ever, ever. All right. Let's go on to some emails here. Dear Romy, at least, dear Romy, at least you didn't play Roseanne Barr doing the national anthem. Unwar, dude at the gym who doesn't wipe down the elliptic machine. Calvin in Arkansas. All right, Calvin in Arkansas, you're blocked. Blocked! Because nothing is worse than having to go into the gym and encounter gym guy who doesn't wipe down the machine after using said machine. It is pretty disgraceful when people do that. I've encountered it. Wife Janet's encountered it. Little Albie's encountered it. Hell, everyone's encountered it here at the here at Premier. CBS, I should say. Sorry, I said the wrong, wrong, wrong company. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good in the neighborhood. Jim Rub Show. Tell you that much. It's going to be real good. All right. Another email here. Dear Romy, I don't know what's more painful to listen to. Carl Lewis singing the national anthem or Susan Waldman screaming about Roger Clemens. Ron in H-Town. You know, Rod, that's not really a very fair comparison, sir. Because Carl Lewis was just singing. Here's what Suzanne freaking Waldman was doing. Roger Clemens is in George's box, and Roger Clemens is coming back. Oh, my good, goodness gracious. Of all the dramatic things... Dramatic things I've ever seen. Roger Clemens standing right in George Steinbrenner's box announcing he is back. Wow. That is a luxury clip right there. That is very luxury, clothes. It is great. All right. All right. All right. Now taking a look at. All right. All right. So go back. All right. Going back to that. Going back to Carl Lewis. These athletes who think they're artists, which some of them are. Which some of them are. I mean, don't get me wrong, but not a lot of them are artists. 
All right. You want another example of an athlete who is not an artist? Roy Jones Jr., not an artist. Mike Tyson, not necessarily an actor, not, not necessarily a comedian, but a very funny guy. He's been on my Showtime show. He's been on Mike Tyson Mysteries before on Adult Swim. He has been in the jungle. He is a great get. He's always on time. He's very courteous. He's very punctual. He is Mike freaking Tyson. But I know one right now. All right. Get another email here. Hey, Ven Smack. Hey, Ven Smack. A question for you. Do you think that the Kansas City Chiefs and Green Bay Packers will be playing in the Super Bowl just like they did back in 1967? Signed, every old fogey who just got done eating his oatmeal at the old folks' home. Brian and Boston, all right, Brian, you're blocked. Block! Block! That was triple U. Unfunny, unreadable, and uninspired. And it wasn't even funny. There was no joke in there. He went for the whole old people eating oatmeal smack. Like that joke hasn't been done to death over and over and over again. All right. Here's another letter. This. All right. Here's another letter. Hey, Ven Smack. I really enjoy getting in the time machine too and revisiting the and revisiting the old days of nostalgia. Signed, Miss Fletcher, the old gal in those life alert commercials who's on the floor calling for the doctor. I've fallen and I can't get up. War kicking the guy in the office out of the break room for microwaving his leftover tilapia from the night before. Mel in Cleveland. Mel, great email. Great email. Because that's what we got to do with Fish Guy. That's what Fish Guy is. He doesn't want you to know it, but that's what he is. He is that guy. He is that guy. That is what he is. He doesn't want you to know it. All right. Here's a tweet. Tweet that came in. And it's... Here's a tweet that came in and it says, Hey, Pimp in the Box, do you really think... That Patrick Mahomes is going to get a sweet endorsement deal with Ketchup if he wins the Super Bowl again. I think he will. I think he's going to deal with Heinz or Hunts. One of those Ketchup brands. It'll be great. It'll be great for Mahomes. Because Mahomes is great. He is a great player. Never heard a bad thing about him. Nor Andy Reid. Andy Reid, by the way, great guest of the jungle. He loves the clones. He's a great guy. Love him. Great to have Andy Reid on the show. Oh, he's great. All right, here's another email here. Hey, Ven Smack, who do you think drives better, Dale Earnhardt or Blind Lawrence? All right, you're blocked. Block! Block! That one wasn't even funny. And we're coming up on the 20-year anniversary of the death of one of the greatest NASCAR drivers ever, Dale Earnhardt Sr., who I actually even met, who I met Dale many years, who I met Dale back in 1997 at the Indianapolis 500. Great guy. Met him and his son and their entire crew chief. Great people. Great people. All right. Got time for one more one more email here. And he writes, Haven Smack. What is the deal with your show lately? It seems that you've been going to the well. Signed Lassie. Alright, you're blocked. Block! 
That one didn't make any sense. That was triple U. Just like some of the other tweets I've had to endure today. Some of these aren't so good. I got to tell you, clones, it's a little upsetting. But still, we got to get through it. All right, coming up after the break, going to be talking with head coach Andy Reid for the Kansas City Chiefs. Going to be talking about what's his strategy for the Buffalo Bills on Sunday afternoon. It's going to be a great game. This is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, there it is. Hey, how's it going, everybody? It's uh, Lawrence. Welcome back. And uh, I wanted to talk about this because this this has been this really has been bugging me for quite some time, and I've talked about this before. But I want to talk about it again because it's it's reared its ugly head again. And that is, it seems as if whenever the local radio stations around here, when they talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, they still love to play Rock and Roll Part 2. Now you may ask yourself, Rock and Roll Part 2? What's so bad about Rock and Roll Part 2? What is what is your gripe with Rock and Roll Part 2? Well, my gripe is not because it's a catchy song, which believe me, it is. It is a very catchy song. There is no denying that. But what I'm not a fan of is that you have radio stations that still play this song after what happened. Now, for anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about, Rock and Roll Part 2, I'm pulling up right now. Where is it? Yeah, it's by a guy named Gary Glitter. And the song goes something like this. If, 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 if you've never heard, here's, here's what it sounds like. Very prevalent at uh, a lot of, uh, well, it, well, it used to be prevalent at a lot of uh, sporting events, but not anymore because uh, the composer of the song, Gary Glitter, he got bust. Yeah, he 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 got uh, back in 1997. He went into a, a computer store, said his computer was messed up, and they looked at it, and that's when they found the child porn. Oops. Wouldn't have occurred to this guy to maybe delete it. So, so as a result, they took him to jail and they stopped playing the song at, at various sporting events. Which means you don't hear this. Anyway, I think you get the idea. But anyway, yeah, that that's, that's rock and roll part two. But... I do not understand why radio stations are still playing it when Gary Glitter is locked up in a British prison. I'm not sure how much how much longer, probably for the rest of his life, and I would hope so, because he possessed child pornography, which is illegal. So my question is, why, you know, well, this, this is just about like society in general, okay? He, he, here's the thing I don't get, all right? Gary Glitter, Rock and Roll Part 2. He's in jail for, you know, uh, possessing child porn over in London. 
they still play his music here periodically. Some some stadiums have said we're not playing it anymore. We do, we don't want to glorify it. Okay, I get it. But well, like our society in general, you know, Gary Glitter. We don't play his stuff anymore at sporting events. Uh, Michael Jackson, it seems, has just been getting just his legacy basically just scrubbed with a fine tooth comb, trying to basically throw everything under the rug. Basically, matter of fact, if you if you find if you go online and you try and stream The Simpsons season three. One of the episodes you will not see is an episode called Stark Raving Dad. The reason why is because that episode featured Michael Jackson. He was the guest star of that episode. He didn't use his real name, but you knew it was him. And, well, that episode, I guess, has been taken out of existence, although you can still find excerpts of it online, which is really weird. And if you're lucky enough to have, say, The Simpsons Season 3 DVD, the original season three DVD, then you got it. But if you don't have that, well, I guess you can't see the episode or or you just have to find a friend who has it on VHS or just find a torrent site that has it. I honestly don't know what to tell you. But if but if they're gonna make such a rash decision, then why don't they reprint the Simpsons sing the blues but take the track Do the Bartman off. I know that's very harsh because do the Bartman, everybody everyone who's Everyone who's a big fan of The Simpsons, you'll know what I'm talking about. That song was produced by Michael Jackson. So if they're going to try and absolve everything Michael Jackson ever did now, you know, you know, from from whenever up until the point he died, well, then we might as well just go ahead and just practice practice consistency, take that album out of rotation, or maybe just reprint it with uh, Do the Bartman taken off because Michael Jackson, as I said, he was the producer on that track. So, uh, yeah, so let's just go ahead and just absolve, you know, let, let, let's just go ahead and just try and rewrite history again, because it always works out. Uh, well, the other thing, I mean, Roman Polanski, I mean, he can't come back to the United States. He's on extradition charges because if he comes back to the United, because if he comes to the United States, he'll just get busted for, uh, for his illegal activities. But meanwhile, you can still see his stuff. Uh, Meryl Streep stood up and applauded for him at an award ceremony. And that actually happened. You can look that up if you want to. But yeah, I mean, I mean the, the double standard that society, that society practices, it's like, it's like a man who has been accused of possessing child pornography, possibly filming child pornography, over in London, uh, you know, a few stadiums will continue to play the song. Some stadiums won't. Who knows? Meanwhile, guy, Michael Jackson, accused of child molestation, never proved. You know, it, it, was, it, was, it was never actually proven that he actually did it. Yes, he did. Yes, he did make very, very bizarre statements back in the day, back in 2003, when he told Martin Brashear, when he said to him that he thinks it's totally normal to be in a bathtub with a young boy. Yes, it's very out of whack. Yes, it's 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 very crazy. But now it seems as if now it seems as if they're trying to they're trying to wipe his legacy of everything he ever did. It's 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 just it's it's baffling to me. I mean, why 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 society acts in a certain manner. All righty. Well, 
And uh, one, one other sports uh, thing I heard about this today. Uh, the world has lost a legend. Hank Aarons. Henry Aarons, number 44, played for the Atlanta Braves. And there's that great stock footage of him April 8th, 1974, when he broke, when he broke uh, Babe Ruth's record, I believe. And it was it was it was it was a great day for the South. It was a great day for Henry Aaron's. It was a great day for everybody. And I heard a story that when Henry, when he was a young boy, his dad wasn't around all that much. But there was a time when Henry had a jacket that he just loved. And his dad was kind of a vagrant, kind of a didn't really see the family all that much. But one day the jacket was gone. And then later, then later it came back. He finally got it back, and he's in. And one day, Henry was in school, and he went to raise his hand to answer a question, and a crack pipe fell out of the jacket because I guess his dad had taken the jacket and had stuck the crack pipe in there. Didn't think much of it, and I guess yeah. But uh, that that's that's just you know that that it's just like you know that that shows you that the the upbringing that a lot of these that a lot of people have gone through. Has not been easy. As a matter of fact, I cannot tell you the number of times that I've looked on like YouTube, and it says tragic details about so and so, or the tragic real life of so and so. But you know, a lot of people have tragic lives. I, I don't know how else to tell you it, folks. They 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 really do. And I think it all depends on how you handle it, how you uh, learn from it. I guess you could say. Uh, but. You know, it's kind of wild because I don't know about that. Well, well, I can talk a little bit about the inauguration. Uh, I did not watch the actual speech itself. But, I mean, the thing is that at least now, at least now, I want up to hear a president who uses a thesaurus for like every eighth word that he uses. Because <laughs> that's what it seemed like with Trump. So let's see here. What's this here? Okay. You know, I've played this before, but I'll play it again. And I know, I know I've said this before that I never really, you know, with some of these political elements, a lot of them have a shelf life, unfortunately. And yet Trump's out of the White House. So, which means... I won't really have that much of a chance to play this anymore. So I don't know if I'm going to retire it or I'll just play it sparingly. But at any rate, here's a bit I did about the president, uh, about about the former president, Donald Trump. It's called Insane in the Trump Brain. It's the tune of uh, Insane in the Membrane by uh, Cypress Hill. And I'll be back after this. Don't go anywhere. I know a lot about Pennsylvania, and it's great. How's Joe Paterno? Are we going to bring that back? How about that whole deal? I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and I wouldn't lose any voters. Trump's a fucked up man, and where the fuck did he get that tan? Yo, what the fuck is in his plan? Veterans and fuck you to Islam. Damn, he wants to eat Ivanka's clan. Yo, he's just going to wreck shit. Ship out the immigrants. Quick, somebody go call Nurse Ratchet. Bah, the sheep aren't thinking. We're sinking. Trump's convinced that his shit's not stinking. Yo! He's got a big ego, and on top of everything, he looks like a Dorito. Yo, I got to maintain, because a boy like me thinks Trump is insane. Insane in the Trump brain. How about that hole? 
How about that whole deal? Insane in the Trump brain. How's Joe Paterno? Are we going to bring that back? Insane in the Trump brain. Smarter than any of the ideological units. Insane in the Trump brain. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! I don't want to live on this planet anymore. The Lawrence Ross Show. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, shout out to my uh, dad. Uh, my dad's listening to the program tonight. Uh, um, he's been texting some uh, comments. Uh, he liked uh, Norm MacDonald. Uh, yeah, uh, Norm MacDonald. Uh, yeah, how y'all doing, guys? This is uh, Norm. And uh, yeah, and uh, you know what this guy needs is he needs uh, soundproofing. And uh, he also needs, uh, uh, I think, I-, I-, I think to really deck this place out, he should have pictures of naked ladies all over the studio. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Norm was here for a little bit. He stopped by. And, uh, and he also, and he also enjoyed the Jim Rome bit and he also, and he also said an interesting fact on the uh, song rock and roll. I didn't really think I was giving all that much of a fact, but anyway, but, uh, but anyway, uh, there, there's a YouTube channel that I like to check out called uh, weird history and weird history. I guess you could say they're kind of like the people who, what they like to do is they like to, uh, um, uh, well, the way this channel operates is the channel will tell you some information and they interject eh, a few little jokes here and there, but it's, it's kind of like 50% serious, 50% funny kind of. So I'm going to be playing uh, something from them. This is something uh, kind of interesting that I found out about. Uh, we know of Air Force One. That's the president's plane. We know of Marine One. That's the chopper. But the limo, the presidential limo, has a name, Cadillac One. And I'll be getting into that. Well, let's see. It's 7.42 right now, and I figure it may take me about 20 minutes or so to fully get into the whole thing. So, you know, I might as well go ahead and do it eh, right now. <laughs> but I, I just, I, I, I find this channel to be so interesting. But anyway, here we go. This is, this is, this is really cool. This is about... Cadillac one and and this and this this tells you a lot of interesting stuff about uh, the president such as in this you will learn about the very first president who ever rode in an actual vehicle not the horse and buggy but an actual car and well let's just let's just learn about the uh let's learn about what it's like riding around in the presidential limo and I'll uh, uh and I'll start to stop to uh, comment so you won't get too bored with it here we go the first president to ride in a car was William McKinley, all the way back in 1900. Wow, Aunt McKinley. And as you'll find out, he was a little edgy about it. He, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was a little nervous. The car was a Stanley steamer, invented by F.O. Stanley, who had to reassure the nervous McKinley that the machine was safe to ride in. Yeah, Stanley steamer. The, the only time I've ever heard of Stanley steamer other than this context is that carpet cleaning company. Stanley Steamer, tough on dirt, gentle on carpet. What is it, Stewie? It sold a million without you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, whatever. McKinley hated the experience and later confided in a friend that he felt like the car might explode at any minute. Or the- Uh-oh. <laughs> wow. Someone's a hypochondriac. Oh. 
that the driver might boot at any minute, or that the driver might lose control. Oh, boo-hoo. He's got under control. Relax, McKinley. Keep your pants on. He also called Stanley over-optimistic for thinking that cars would ever replace horses. Wow, someone's old-fashioned. Someone's setting their ways, I guess. I guess, I don't know, I guess, I, I guess, I guess someone prefers sitting on top of a steer and then getting off the steer. No, I'm sorry. Uh, wait, is a steer kind of a, no, hang on, mate. You know, I may have messed that whole thing up. So McKinley, I guess he's one of these guys who he would much rather prefer going through town on a Bronco rather than being in a Bronco. All right. Well, different strokes for different folks, I guess. But hey, I mean, if he likes smelling horse manure, well then, well, it, it, that's, that's, that's on you, McKinley. You, you, you enjoy smelling that horse manure, man. We, we, we got, uh, we got exhaust fumes and ozone layers to puncture. Anyway. Despite McKinley's reaction, U.S. presidents ever since have been early adopters of automobile technology. Yeah, they think it's really cool. McKinley's like, I don't know. Everyone else, yeah, this looks pretty cool, you know? Howard Taft was the first president to regularly use motor transportation. And let's not forget, he also got stuck in a bathtub, too. As opposed to horse-drawn carriages. And successive presidents have had more and more monstrous state cars. But wait a second, my question is, what about... FDR, because FDR was in a wheelchair. You rarely saw him in his wheelchair in public in, in like pictures and stuff. My question is, what did they do when he was cruising around in the presidential limo? Cruising around in Cadillac 1. I mean, I mean, I know Cadillac, I mean, I'm not sure if Cadillac 1 has one of those uh, van lift deals. And I'm pretty, in, in all fairness, I don't, in all fairness, I do not believe they had wheelchair lifts back in the 1940s. I don't think they did. I don't think they had the technology, you know. Well, in all fairness, it was it was, it was a different time back then. If you had poly, if if you were in a wheelchair or if you were blind or you were whatever, you were kind of thought of as a second class citizen. Like if you read the book of Mice and Men, the story of George and Lenny. Look at the way George treats Lenny. Lenny's kind of the big dumb guy, and he doesn't really know all that better, but he, he only knows what he knows, and George is just screaming at him. He's yelling at him, he's yelling about the bus driver, he's yelling at Lenny, because Lenny's just like, just so big, and he's just like, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while since I've read the book, but it's a real, it's a good book. But I remember of it. Sad ending. Anyway, continuing. Barack Obama's presidential state car was an armored Cadillac DTS known as the Beast. Ah, uh, uh, name of this car is the Beast. The Beast has come to America. Anyway. The exact details of the weight and outfitting of Obama's limo were closely guarded secrets, but the... Oh, wait, hang on a second. As if, as if there were closely guarded secrets for every other president ever. The car was thought to be about 18 feet long and weighed around seven and a half tons. Its speed was also classified. And it's what, 88 miles per hour? I'm kidding about that, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's not 88 miles per hour to get to the DeLorean to go back in 1955. Classified. And it's been speculated that the car got about 8 miles to the gallon. 8 miles to the gallon? Wow, that's like... I'm, I'm, I'm not a car expert, but... That, that doesn't really see... That... that that doesn't exactly seem like something you can, uh, you know, take like a road trip in. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's, you know, it's not exactly a, not exactly a convertible or anything like that. You know, it's, it's a, the 
big, big bunch of... Anyway, continuing. Not exactly saving the planet, but it wasn't really designed for fuel efficiency. No, not really, but of course... But of course, you gotta remember... You gotta remember that the presidents, they always do the whole thing of like, we need to change global warming. We need to change our carbon footprint. We need to become more energy independent. We need to become this, that, and the other. Meanwhile, nothing gets done. Continuing... President Trump's limo, while being a newer model than Obama's, is also called the Beast. I actually bought that limo myself. It's one of the best limos ever. It was built by dear friends of mine in New York, which I have a lot of friends in New York, but some of the people in New York are losers. It's believed the Beast 2's weight is about 20,000 pounds and is protected by a mix of aluminum, steel, and ceramic armors and has walls that are about eight inches thick. Both beasts were designed to keep the respective presidents safe from a variety of attacks. And in the modern era, that's no easy task. A United States president can face threats from everything from handguns to grenades to missiles. More but when it comes to all the groupies, they'll let you move on them. They'll let you do it. They'll let you do it. You can grab by the pussy. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to stop and say that I do not condone the actions of Mr. Donald Trump. I'm just doing an impersonation. Continuing. Moreover, the limo is also meant to serve as a mobile command center in the event that the White House has to be evacuated. While the details of both beasts are classified, one of the most speculated about features is a reinforced five-inch steel plate said to run underneath the car. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on a second now. Hang on a second now. Hang on a second now. So the details of both the beasts are classified. So... So does he? So does he even knowing where the cup holder is? Is 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 that like security breach or something? Is is like is is uh, 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 is it a is it a breach of uh, protocol? If say back in 1998, Bill Clinton was a oh oh oh, we got a phone call. We got a phone call. Amazing. Let's see who we got. Hello. Jan Ross. Oh. Hit the button here. Press one. To send a voicemail, press two. Oh gosh! Come on! Come on! Come on! To accept, press come on. one. To send a voicemail, dial press button. Two. Dial pad. Oh, darn it! Oh, darn it! Oh, oh my gosh! Oh boy! Okay, okay. To the gentleman who just called, please call. Oh, there we go. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. Jan Ross. Hold on, here we go. To accept, press 1. To send a voicemail, press... Hello, hello. Hello? Hello? Yo, Lawrence. Hello, are you there? I'm here, I'm here. All right. We're in the car. We're in the car listening to you. Oh, very nice, very nice, very nice. What's, what's, um... Uh, what's happening I have, tonight? I have, a, I, have a, I have a trivia question for you about Donald Trump. All right, go ahead. How many cans of Diet Coke does he drink in a day? How many cans of Diet Coke do I drink in a day? Oh, boy. Well, let me just say this right now. I only go with two cans, and those cans are the ones that are on Melania's chest because Melania is a very great woman, and I will say this. And I will say this, my daughter Ivanka, she is a knockout. She is a knockout, but I will say this, I do not practice incest because anybody who practices incest is a loser. An absolute loser. 
a filthy loser who probably lives in Florida, and of which I do have friends in Florida, but some people in Florida are losers. They're losers. <laughs> Absolute losers down there in Florida, especially Casey Anthony. That was a total botch, a total drop, a total miscarriage of justice. And I know I said miscarriage. I will say this. I will say this. I will say this right now. As Donald Trump, I will say this. I have paid. I will say this. I have paid for several. I have paid for several abortions that I have had to uh, take. You know, I've had to take a couple of the ladies down to the down to the clinic. All right. Okay. I have to concentrate on my driving here. Okay. All right then. All right. I will talk to you later. Thanks for checking out the show tonight, man. Bye now. Oh, there we go. Okay. Oh, that was cool. That was cool. That was cool getting a call from... Uh, that was uh, that was Jan Ross, everybody, and he designed the I Don't See Color, I See Character shirt, which you can get now at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Ross 1987 And just to remind everybody, the keyword is pigeon. P-I-G-E-O-N, but it's going to expire in a little bit. So uh, we're going to have to switch over in a little bit, but Okay, it's 753, I'd say. Uh, good. Uh, might be able to finish this. Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay, here we go. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to finish this up about the presidential uh, motor, uh, about the uh, president's uh, ride, and then I'm going to go into a uh, break, and then coming back, I don't know. I don't know. I might. I don't know. You know, I might do some karaoke because it's been kind of a slow week. Anyway, here we go. This innovation protects the president in the event that a bomb is... Oh, okay, wait. Hold on. I want to back up a little bit. The event that a bomb... This most speculated... One of the most speculated... One of the most speculated... One of the classified... Sorry, classified... One of the most speculated about features is a reinforced 5-inch steel plate said to run underneath the car. This innovation protects the president in the event that a bomb is placed under the car, a grenade rolls under the car, or the car rolls over a landmine. Or you hit a really, really deep pothole. <laughs> I'm not sure, you know, well, that depends on how deep a pothole can get because I've, I've I've been around and I haven't really noticed any really deep potholes, but I'm not sure how deep a pothole can get. But, I mean, if that's the case, well, then, I don't know. I mean, they're probably just kidding. Anyway, continuing. Given how important the president is, the Secret Service has to anticipate every conceivable type of threat when figuring out how to keep the president safe. That's going to be a really scary job, Secret Service, because, you know, you can't really relax. You got to be, you know, you got to, you got to, you know, you know you're going to be ready at a moment's notice to jump in front of an AK-47 bullet and make sure it doesn't hit the president. You know, you, you, you got to be on your toes, man. You, you get, you, there's, there's, there's no plan around there. Anyway. This includes the possibility of a gas attack. To defend against such threats, the main cabin of both beasts were designed to completely seal themselves when the doors were closed. This means poison gas or nerve agents can't get in. The limos also have their own filtration systems to ensure clean air is always being pumped to the president. Oh, but wait, wait. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's 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 nice, you know. I, I mean, but I, I I wonder, I wonder. Anyway, <laughs> what that must is, you know, what would that must have been like? Back in the day, maybe like 1998, 1999, you know, Bill Clinton, you know, Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton riding the limo. Hey, Secret Service guy, can you uh, turn it to uh, 74 degrees? Uh, thank you very much. And uh, turn that vent over to the right. Make sure Hillary gets some of that. Make sure Chelsea gets some of that. 
And uh, let me just say this right now. If you turn the heat up so much as one notch, then it'll be like Rod, Bounds, like Rod Brown or Vince Foster. It's believed that both beasts had doors as heavy as the ones found on a 757 airliner. Sheesh. These doors feature bulletproof glass windows that are around five inches thick and are covered in over eight inches of armor plating. Standard options might be good for your average car buyer, but the President of the United States usually requires the premium package. This can even apply to details as seemingly innocuous as the door handles. The standard Cadillac DTS door handles were actually replaced on the Beast with special loops that allow the Secret Service agents to run alongside the car while holding on. They're also easier to grab and open in an emergency, providing, of course, that the driver or president hasn't locked the car from the inside. Well, that makes sense. You know, you got to be able, you know, you know, if it's like a life and death situation, you got to grab onto something. Hey, you know, grab the ring and pull, man. If an attacker could stop the limo, the president would be a sitting duck. So in the event of an attack, the limo must keep moving no matter what. To that end, the beast's tires are heavily protected from puncture or flattening. In fact, the limo... Can I get that at AutoZone by any chance? Can I get my tires? Uh... <laughs> oh, boy. I wonder if there's an uh, option. Can you go to, like, AutoZone or Pep Boys or uh, Jiffy Lube and ask to get your tires, your, you know, get your tires worked on to the point where, to where it's like Cadillac 1? I'm not sure if you can. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, you know, I wonder... I wonder how they, oh, geez, wonder how they inflate the tires on that thing. Has special wheels that are Kevlar reinforced. These super tires can resist shred, puncture, and just about everything else. Even better, if something does manage to blow out the tires, all isn't lost. Why? Because the beast can drive short distances on just its steel rims, thanks to special run-flat devices. Man, that car's got everything, it seems like it, you know? What if it's got like a headrest, you know? Does it have like a headrest? Does it little, you know, does it have a little screen in the back? You know, if you want to watch TV. If there's one thing experience has made the Secret Service paranoid about, it's the risk of someone shooting as the president passes by in the presidential limo. Yep, that's happened before. Take a look at uh, John F. Kennedy, you know? It's a Pruder film. Therefore, the windows on the Beast are reportedly five to six inches thick bomb-proof, and capable of withstanding armor-piercing bullets. Moreover... Wait, wait, wait. As a wait, wait. Armor-piercing bullets as opposed to, uh, what? Concrete-piercing bullets? Glass-piercing bullets? They're mostly just for show. The driver's window is the only one that actually opens. Oh, really? Oh, man. <laughs> so I guess... So I guess it's pretty safe to say that if they're in the presidential limo... And all of a sudden, let's say, you know, and all of a sudden, let's say whoever just rips one, they all got to smell it. And the only guy who can roll the window down is the driver. Boy, that really stinks, eh, you know? <laughs> I can imagine what that must have been like. You know, like I could just, I don't know, like I could picture like Clinton or, you know, I don't know about it. I don't know why, but I don't know if I just had this thought of Clinton making a really, really ridiculous fart joke or something like that. Like, Oh, man. Oh, man. I know what stinks more. That or Bush's campaign. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Here, pass me that cigar. 
No, 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 no. The one Monica didn't use. Thank you. Uh, oh, well, actually, I will take that one. <sighs> anyway. And not even all the way. It only cracks open about two or three quarter inches. Oh, that's it? Oh. Why even bother? Well, they explain here. Well, it's so the driver can speak with Secret Service agents outside the vehicle. Another event the president's ride is designed for is an attack on its fuel tank. After all, if an assassin could ignite the fuel in the tank, president might meet a crispy end. Man, that's like... It's like something of a movie, the way they're describing it. To guard against this, the limo's fuel tank is armor-plated to help repel bullets. As a second line of defense, the lining of the tank is filled with a special foam that prevents it from exploding, even if it sustains a direct hit. This is the same technology race cars use to keep their gas tanks from exploding in a collision. Oh, that's pretty cool. Let's say you're the president and you want to have an awesome tailgate party. Well, I've got some bad news. Because while the beast does have a trunk, it's designed to hold something very specific. Yeah, and let me just say this. It's not, it's not a cooler with potato salad and soda and sandwiches and uh, a boombox and other stuff. No, no, no. This is the presidential limo, so you got to think it probably has some pretty important stuff in there. The trunk of Cadillac 1 is actually said to house an emergency oxygen supply, along with some basic firefighting equipment. It's also rumored that the trunk holds bottles of blood that match the president's blood type in case an emergency transfusion is needed. Well, wait a second now. Let's just say, hypothetically speaking, let's just say that is the case. How do they keep the blood warm at such at, 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 at such for such a long time? And the thi one thing I'll never forget, we'll never forget one day I went to donate blood and 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 it was really cool because they asked me, do you want to do you want to feel what the bag feels like when we fill them? I'm like, yeah, sure. So they gave it to me to hold. I'm like, oh, my God, it's so it's it's so weird because you never really realize just how much one pint of blood truly is. And then you feel the bag and you feel the bag. I think it was it was pretty heavy. It was somewhat heavy, but not like too heavy, but still it was kind of freaky to me. Anyway, continuing. <laughs> The Beast is a very important vehicle, but the truth is, it's not really a single vehicle at all. It's actually more of a fleet. There are likely 12 different armored Cadillacs that serve as the presidential state car. Each car is completely identical, and the system that determines which Beast is used when is kept highly classified. Huh. Maybe... This is speculation. Maybe they probably just do like a lottery thing, or maybe they probably, I don't know, maybe they probably just point... Maybe they just point to one, like, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that one, uh, the fourth one in, we're going to use that one to go to New Jersey, talk to the voters. And then we're going to use that one on Thursday, we're going to be going to Vermont. We got to talk to more people. We got to talk to them about the oil crisis, that sort of thing. In fact, in order to help keep would-be attackers guessing, there's always another beast around whenever the president is traveling usually somewhere else in the presidential motorcade. Like everything else about Cadillac 1, its special features are classified. But rumor has it that the car comes equipped with its own night vision camera to be used in case of a blackout. 
The limo was also armed with tear gas cannons capable of dispersing a hostile crowd and pump-action shotguns for close quarters defense. This is getting really futuristic now. I mean, this is this is this is this isn't this is more this is more like a science fiction movie and less like politics. I feel I feel like, you know, I feel like we're in an action movie and I'm waiting for Arnold Schwarzenegger to pop out of nowhere and go, "Listen to me. Come with me if you want to live. Get in the armored van. Put on the night vision goggles. We are Going to this area, we have to meet Skynet and the T-1000. We have to get rid of him and we have to make sure that the building is burning when he is inside. We have to make sure that he must not get to the chopper. And we also have to make sure that he does not impregnate the maid. Get out! Get out of here! Sorry, that was me. I was just projecting. I was thinking about my... I was thinking about the love child that I made 10 years ago with a maid. Let me just say that. Let me just tell this right now to your listening audience, Mr. Ross. Lemon Pledge and Formula 409 are not good contraceptives. Thank you. Cadillac One is known to seat seven people, including a driver and Secret Service agent up front. How about the legroom, huh? What's the legroom like for Cadillac One? Is it really roomy or is it like, or is it like cramped quarters? In the back, the president sits facing forward, while any guests sit facing toward him. Ah, well, that's something. The president also has an array of defensive measures available, including a glass partition to the driver that only he can open, and a panic button for summoning help. Like Air Force One, the beast... Wait, hang on a second. A panic button, and he's cruising around in Cadillac One. He seems pretty protected. What's what's he going to, you know, what's he going to hit the panic button for? Like, what, does he have to stop and, like, I don't know, what is his stop and make a presidential pit stop or something and he can't hold it in? <laughs> Can you picture those? Spe- uh, no idea, maybe. Stand by. All right, continuing. Allows the president to do his work even while his before for summoning help. Like Air Force One, the beast allows the president to do his work even while he's on the road. The president can stay connected safely on a fold-away desk that includes a laptop with secure Wi-Fi capabilities. Wait, wait, wait. Ho, ho. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on a second. Secure Wi-Fi capabilities. Okay, let me just say this right now. I've been... Okay, I've had my iPhone for about nine... For almost nine years now. And... Wait. I've had... Yeah, I've had an iPhone for nine years. And... I can tell you... When you're zipping down the road and you'd cruise by places with Wi-Fi hotspots or, you know, what, what Wi-Fi networks, it's a little tough to log in to the Wi-Fi network you want when your car's going 55 miles an hour and you're trying to, you know, you know, and you're trying to get into the right lane because the left lane is for passing only. I think. I don't know all the rules of the road. But... I'm kind of amazed that the president's able to roll down 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue or wherever he's going on Wi-Fi. I mean, like how they're how they're able to get that going. And yet and, and yet when it comes to, you know, when it comes to us, you know, us average Joes, the average citizen, we got to, you know, we got to wait 15 years before we can get secure Wi-Fi in the car. But anyway, anyway, as well as a satellite phone with a direct line to the Pentagon and the vice president, <laughs> a satellite phone with a direct line to the Pentagon and the vice president. What if the vice president's not there? What if the vice president's riding next to him? You know? And a satellite phone, I mean, what? I mean, okay, so let me just get this straight. So Verizon doesn't want to offer a, uh, you know, a calling plan to the Pentagon now? 
what, Joe Biden doesn't want to use an iPhone so he can call up the Pentagon? Hey, guys, uh, yeah, that? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> anyway. The state-of-the-art communications equipment in the car is actually maintained directly by the White House Communications Agency. You ever want to launch a nuclear missile at a guy who cut you off in traffic? Well, if you're president of the United States, it's an option. Kind of. But should the unthinkable happen and a nuclear war breaks out while the president is in the beast, it has everything that's needed to make a full response right there. The president's motorcade always includes a vehicle known as the Roadrunner, or the MC2V. This car carries equipment that links the limousine control package, which allows the president to conduct command and control functions, to a Defense Department satellite. Through this satellite, the president can send and receive emergency action messages through a special channel. Long and kind of boring story short, this allows the president to authorize and direct a nuclear weapon release. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that's, so that's you know, that's something to consider. That's something to consider. Like, you know, the beast could be cruising down the road and uh, and some guy in a Ford Taurus could cut in front of him and uh, the Secret Service guy would have to hit the brakes or whatever he'd have to do. And the Secret Service guy's probably out front, probably cursing under his breath. Mother. Fucker, get out of the way. You almost killed us. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Biden or whoever is in the back seat smiling, going, hey, Iran, watch this. All right. Anyway, that's a new level of road rage. <laughs> yeah, that is a new level of road rage. Cutting some guy off in traffic, and then all of a sudden, here, here, here comes the roadrunner. Meep, meep. So, if you're watching this video and thinking to yourself that driving the presidential limo sounds like a job for you, well, it's not an easy gig to get. Ah, oh, dang. Oh, dang, dang job requirements. All right, what do you got to do? First off, you have to be a Secret Service agent. Ah, oh, dang. Well, looks like I can't do that. I'm out on that one. And not just any run-of-the-mill Secret Service agent, either. Okay. The driver of the presidential limo has to be trained in CPR and have specialized training in evasive driving techniques, including the legendary J-Turn. Also known as the Moonshiner's Turn, because it's based on a signature bootlegger driving maneuver, the J-Turn can flip the car 180 degrees while the driver guns the engine at the same time. Wow! It's like something out of, like, NASCAR or something. Just as the president has a personal airplane, the president's car also has its own plane. Ooh, that's interesting. Why? Well, because it has to. Nothing else can carry it. Whenever the president flies anywhere, the two limos that go with him, as well as the other motorcade vehicles, are fit into a specially designed C-17 Globemaster III aircraft. We're not sure if the limos get an in-flight movie. After hearing all this information about the president's limo, you might be wondering if you could pick one up for yourself. Well, you can't. They're specially made for the president. And even if you could, you probably can't afford one. Each beast reportedly costs somewhere in the area of $1.5 million to build and maintain. Damn. Of course, as with everything else related to Cadillac One, the exact price is actually a closely guarded secret. Oh, so it might not be $1.5 billion. Maybe $1.5 million. Maybe it's more. I don't know. Uh, hang on. Oh, you want to guess what the, uh... All right. You want to guess how much it is? Okay, uh, how much do you think it is, sir? One hundred billion dollars. Okay, you know, you actually might be 
pretty close. I'm not exactly sure, but I only got a few minutes. I only got a little bit left, and it's uh, 8-11 already. At $1.5 million a car, you'd probably expect the presidential limos to function like a, well, a well-oiled machine. And the vast majority of the time, the complex machine known as Cadillac One functions smoothly. But when it doesn't, it tends to make the news. This usually happens because the beast has terrible maneuverability and can struggle with narrow roads overseas. Well, and the other thing is it only gets eight miles. It only gets about eight miles to the gallon. So there you go. It had trouble parking in London in 2009. Oh, you're going on the left side of the road. Appeared to get stuck on a ramp during the president's 2011 visit to Ireland and broke down completely in Israel in 2013. Oi, vey, oi, vehicle broken down. However, each time, the president was moved to the backup limo, and the visits went on as normal. So there you go. That's, that's a fun, fun little thing about the uh, fun little thing about the, the president's vehicle, how the president gets around. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes the first... Oh, darn it. Where is it? There it is. Uh, that concludes the first hour of the program. Stay tuned because on the other side, I'm probably, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I only got 30 minutes left after this. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Lawrence Ross Show on TF52.com. That's the live feed. And you can also check out uh, the uh, uh, the podcast on iTunes and or Spotify. Just search the Lawrence Ross Show. And just remember, uh, just let you know, the contest is still going on from now until 9 p.m., be the first person to text the word pigeon. That's pigeon, P I G E O N, to 813 602 2715, and you will receive a prize from the program. This is the Lawrence Ross Show. Back after this. Thank you for listening, everybody. This show is about making the people happy while you enjoy whatever has been selected for the great. Lawrence is stepping away from the microphone to fill up on his leftover Taco Bell. Nobody going to bathroom for about 35 or 45 minutes. The Lawrence Ross Show will return after this. Now, there's one thing you might have noticed I don't complain about. Politicians. Everybody complains about politicians. Everybody says they suck. Yeah. Well, where do people think these politicians come from? They don't fall out of the sky. They don't pass through a membrane from another reality. They come from American parents and American families, American homes, American schools, American churches, American businesses, and American universities, and they're elected by American citizens. This is the best we can do, folks. This is what we have to offer. It's what our system produces. Garbage in, garbage out. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, if you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. And term limits ain't going to do you any good. You're just going to wind up with a brand new bunch of selfish, ignorant Americans. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's not the politicians who suck. Maybe something else sucks around here, like the public. Yeah, the public sucks. There's a nice campaign slogan for somebody. The public sucks. Fuck hope. Fuck hope. Because if it's really just the fault of these politicians, then where are all the other bright people of conscience? Where are all the bright, honest, intelligent Americans ready to step in and save the nation and lead the way? We don't have people like that in this country. Everybody's at the mall 
scratching his ass, picking his nose, taking his credit card out of his fanny pack and buying a pair of sneakers with lights in them. So I have solved this little political dilemma for myself in a very simple way. On election day, I stay home. I don't vote. Fuck them. Fuck them. I don't vote. Two reasons. Two reasons I don't vote. First of all, it's meaningless. This country was bought and sold and paid for a long time ago. The shit they shuffle around every four years <laughs> doesn't mean a fucking thing. And secondly, I don't vote because I believe if you vote, you have no right to complain. People like to twist that around, I know. They say, they say, well, if you don't vote, you have no right to complain. But where's the logic in that? If you vote and you elect dishonest, incompetent people and they get into office and screw everything up, well, you are responsible for what they have done. You caused the problem. You voted them in. You have no right to complain. I, on the other hand, who did not vote, who did not vote, who, in fact, did not even leave the House on Election Day. I'm in no way responsible for what these people have done and have every right to complain as loud as I want about the mess you created that I had nothing to do with. So I know that a little later on this year you're going to have another one of those really swell presidential elections that you like so much. You'll enjoy yourselves. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm sure as soon as the election is over, your country will improve immediately. As for me, I'll be home on that day doing essentially the same thing as you. The only difference is... When I get finished masturbating, I'm going to have a little something to show for it, folks. Thank you very much. Who's in charge over there? Want to get involved in the program? Ain't nobody got time for this. Call or text the comment line 813-602-2715. Get off the phone with me, you wacky prick. This is the Lawrence Ross Show. Now back to our regular programming. Picture yourself in a boat on a river with tangerine trees. And the Lawrence Ross Show. How's it going, everybody? Somebody calls you, you Hope you enjoyed that selection slowly. from George Carlin itself of his 1996 special, uh, Back in Town, which was uh, recorded at the Beacon Theater in 1996. It was recorded live. And that was his second HBO special that he did live. The first one he did live was Jammin' in New York in 92. Then in 96, he did uh, Back in Town. Then in 98, he did a uh, special, 40 years of comedy, 40 years of comedy. And then in 99, he did You Were All Diseased. Then he was, uh, then he was at, uh, then Complaints and Grievances, Life is Worth Losing. And then It's Bad for You. And uh, that is, uh, so those were all the HBO specials that Carlin did live. All the other ones were pre-recorded. And I uh, hope you guys like that little, uh, uh, I hope you like that uh, little uh, list. Uh, uh, yeah. I hope you like that little uh, 
Beatles selection, uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, which a lot of people think is about LSD, but it's not. It's actually a child's drawing. If you can believe that. All right. Uh, now, you know, I, I uh, anyway, 813-602-2715 is the number that you can text or call if you want. And I'm trying to look something up here because I wanted to get this thing here. Uh, let's see. Okay. Now, now what, uh, now, <clears throat> just let me know the contest is still going on. If you want merchandise from the show, text the word Pigeon, that's P-I-G-E-O-N to 813-602-2715, and I will hook you up. The first person to text me, you'll get some free merchandise. Excuse me. Ah. Now, recently, there have been some names that have passed away. Some of the musical. Leslie West, we lost him before Christmas. I, 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 I always enjoyed Mountain. Uh, the song Mississippi Queen, everybody knows that one. Uh, and uh, name that passed uh, the other day, uh, Siegfried from Siegfried and Roy, and now uh, not another. Well, 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 he wasn't musical, but I'll say this: uh, not, another noteworthy name, noteworthy name that we lost the other day, Phil Spector, the record, the uh, producer, and. And he produced so many different songs. I'm, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm looking at some of the some of the songs he's produced. Let's dance the screw by the Crystals. Walking in the rain by the Renettes. I haven't heard that one. A woman's story. Share. Uh, oh, okay. I, I, I knew he did a share track. But Phil Spector, he was known for making the Wall of Sound, and he was also known, allegedly, for killing Lana Clarkson back in 2003. There's actually a really good movie that HBO did a couple, like, eight years ago. It's called Spector, and it's with Al Pacino. Al Pacino plays Phil Spector. And heard Phil Spector's wife wasn't too happy with the, uh, doc- with the movie. She thought that... Uh, they portrayed Phil as very narcissistic and very uh, full of himself. And I read that. I'm like, that's the kind of character Pacino brings, man. You know, I know he did a couple of Beatles songs across the universe. As a matter of fact, you know what? I want to play something for you guys. This is, this is kind of unique. Because back in 2000, there was an album, The Beatles won, And it was a, uh, it was a compilation of... All of the Beatles' number one hits, from beginning to end. Everything from Love Me Do, which is in mono, all the way to The Long and Winding Road, which is in stereo. And by the way, I should point something out that this is not, this is not the version Paul McCartney originally recorded. The Long and Winding Road. Now that big orchestra right there, that was not his doing. Phil Spector put that in. He wanted that big, big orchestra. And when Paul McCartney heard the final final version of the song, he wrote Phil back a letter saying, that was horrible, don't do that again, that was horrible, that was stupid, don't do that, that sucked. But 
they sold, but he soldiered on, and it, it appeared on the album. And Paul McCartney does not like that version of that song. He likes the stripped-down version. Anyway, so let's see. He did Across the Universe, the Beatles. And I heard the Beatles did not enjoy the experience of working with him. And the Ramones also didn't like him. Uh, I think if I'm right, I think he got married to one of the Renettes. And I think he uh, just psychologically and physically and emotionally just abused her. Anyway. All th- oh wow that 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 that's that's something that he still worked with one of the Beatles after 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 the Let It Be album because it's all things must pass by George Harrison they produced let's see all things let's see here we go Apple oh ooh, ooh another George Harrison track Apple Scruffs the Art of Dying another Harrison track Baby I Love You I I I think I've heard that one or is that Be My Little Baby I don't know. Let's see. Scroll to this list here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Be My Baby is on there. I've heard that song. Be my, be my, be my little baby. Beware. Oh, jeez. Another Harrison track. Beware of, beware of Darkness by George Harrison. Black Pearl. Sonny Charles and the Checkmates. Limited. Never heard of them. Christmas Baby, Please Come Home, Darling Love. But that was originally a Don Henley song, by the way. I think. Bells will be ringing. The sad, sad news. To do run, run. I've heard that run. I've heard that one. To do run, run, run. To do run, run. By the Crystals. Danny Says by the Ramones. Dig a Pony by the Beatles. Hmm, do you remember Rock and Roll Radio? God Only Knows by John Prine. Happy Christmas War is Over, John Lennon. I didn't know that Phil Spector produced that. I first I first heard that song because of the because of the Jimmy Buffett version from his Christmas Island album. Wow, th- this title could be problematic. He hit me and it felt like a kiss by the Crystals. That could be very problematic in today's society, man. He's a rebel. I've heard that one before by the Crystals. I love how you love me by the Paris sisters. For, for, anybody, for anybody who may be tuning in, uh, for anybody who may be tuning in for the first time wondering what am I doing, I'm looking at a list of all of the songs Phil Spector produced according to songfacts.com. And I'm just I'm, I'm interested in this list because I mean Phil Spector, well-known producer, but everybody else knows him because he killed Lana Clarkson supposedly, and uh, he died the other day. So I'm just I'm just looking over this, uh, the songs that he's produced over the years. I Me Mine by the Beatles. I Remember Jeep by George Harrison. I'd Have You Anytime by George Harrison. Wow, sheesh. I need to just produce the whole album. Maybe he probably did. If You Don't Want My Love by John Prine. Just Once in My Life, The Righteous Brothers. The Righteous Brothers, they also did Unchained Melody. My darling, I love so t- I honestly don't know how the song goes all that much. 
Let It Be by the Beatles, the title track from the Let It Be album. Little by little, little by oh, I didn't know any Rolling Stones cut. Little by little by the Rolling Stones. My Sweet Lord by George Harrison. I've heard that song. My Sweet Lord, Hallelujah, Hare Krishna. I think that's what they say in there. On Broadway by the Drifters. I wonder if that's. I wonder if George Benson covered that one later on. Wait, hold on. I'm kind of curious. Hold on. Stand by. Hold on a second. Hold on. I'm trying something here, folks. Alexa, play song on Broadway by the Div. The Div. The Div. Oh, okay, okay. Hey, Alexa, play song on Broadway by the Drifters. All right, here we go. I want to hear this. Hey, I want to hear this Drifters. Hey, I want to hear this Drifters cut. Hold on. Here we go. You know, it's 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 not playing tonight for some reason. I don't know. Huh. We gotta unplug a plug it back in, but by that point it'll be a moot point. Show will be over by that time, probably. Anyway. Uh alright, let's see. On Broadway by the Drifters. That's it's probably what I haven't heard yet. Maybe I've heard and I just don't know it. I only know of On Broadway by because uh, of George Benson. They say the streets light up at night. On Broadway. Power to the People by John Lennon, okay. Pretty Little Angel Eyes by Curtis Lee. Rock and Roll High School by the Ramones. Run of the Mill by George Harrison. Thanks for the Pepperoni by George Harrison. Wow, what, what, a, what, a, what a strange name that is for a song. This is a long name. The Ballad of Sir Frankie Crisp, Let It Roll, by George Harrison. The Last Time by the Rolling Stones. Okay, now that is one that I've heard. Yep, The Long and Winding Road, he produced that. Then He Kissed Me by the Crystals. Things Are Changing by the Supremes. Ooh. To know him is to love it. Let's see. To Know Him is to Love Him by the Teddy Bears. Uptown by the Crystals. Wah Wah by George Harrison. What is Life by George Harrison. Hmm. And the last song that they have him credited as producer for is You've Lost That Love and Feeling by the Righteous Brothers. So there is Phil Spector's uh, distinguished career, I guess you could say. <laughs> And so far, nobody has texted in the uh, keyword yet, so i got to wait on that. I'm actually, uh, hang on, i got to be, hang on, i got to do something here real quick. Let's see. This, because I want to end the show with this. I want to end this, uh, I want to end the show tonight with Carlin's uh, thing about uh, politicians. Not the one I just ran, but another one where he goes into more detail about how the, about how the politicians don't care about you. All right, hold on a minute. Let's see here. American Val- oh, shoot. It's left. 
crap. Hold on, I... Hang on. I... I hit the button too early. Darn it. All right. But anyway, yeah, Phil Spector, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, and, and, and I saw, you know, I saw that movie about him, the, uh, the Phil Spector movie. A, I thought Pacino did a great job with it, and I think it encapsulated the story perfectly. I mean, yeah, they might have embellished a couple of things, but, I mean, they always do that with movies. I mean, when, when you watch that, I mean, when, if you've ever seen the movie uh, Ray, Ray Charles, at the end of the movie, there's a little thing that says, banned from Alabama, for, banned from Georgia, for dramatic purposes. He was never actually banned from playing in the South. They just banned him for dramatic purposes for the movie, you know? All right, there we go. Let's see. Hang on, I gotta go back here. Okay, hold on. Okay. That. Okay. Let's see. That. Okay. Okay, now I got that ready to go for the end. Let's see. Mix that. And that. Okay, okay, there we go. Okay, we got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. Okay, good, 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 good. Bang, go there, and, uh, la da do Well, actually, you know, you know, I figure, figure with this being, you know, I, 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 you know, I might, you know, I'm not sure if I ever played this for any of the, well, I know I've played this before, but I want to play it. This is, uh, uh, well, well, you know, I'm a little reticent to play this one, actually, and I'm the guy who made it, but I'm very, I honestly, I mean, I made this bit about eight years ago, and it's called Kardashian's Baby. Now, the reason I'm playing this is because... Kim Kardashian and Kanye West have uh, broken up. Well, back when uh, Kim Kardashian was going to give birth to her first child, I did a bit. What would it? What would that be like? Now I know it's not right to go after kids. I get that, but I was inspired by the thing Howard Stern would do back in the day, when every time they would talk about Kathy Lee, he would always do this thing, this like double voice of like, "I am Kathy Lee's baby." I am Kathy Lee's baby. And that, that, that was his bit. That, that was his whole thing. So I did a thing very similar to it. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, I, 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 I really, I'm really thinking about uh, maybe just playing this one and maybe probably not playing it because it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a brutal one. It is a brutal one. I'm, I'm not going to lie. But anyway... Here it is. I figure I'd just go and just play it. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen. This is a bit I did back in like 2013, by the way. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for LRWS Radio Theater. Oh. This week. 
that oh by the way is Matt by the way uh, old school member of the show and this is and 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 you can tell it's all because it's LRWS in there. It's the Kardashians, baby. Who the hell cares? Enjoy. I haven't heard this bit in so long that I actually might bail out of it actually because it might be so bad. Here we go. Hey, Doc, take care of the bitch, would you? Don't worry, Mr. West. We'll take good care of her. I appreciate it. Uh, I can't believe it. I'm gonna be a daddy. This is gonna be so awesome. Now my genius is gonna be going big time, baby. Just like my... Wow, that's, you know, I gotta say, that's a horrible Kanye West impersonation. Last album. Uh, all these haters can suck it. Yeah. Oh my god, really? This is not cool. You know who my daddy is? Or was? I miss my daddy. I wish he was still here. It's okay, Mrs. Kardashian. Just one more push. Wow. Wow, this is... Wow, this is... This is really well-researched. One more push, and you will have a beautiful baby boy or girl. Congratulations, Miss. What? Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Hold, hang on a second. Hang on a second. I didn't even, why I didn't even make an effort to do a birth simulation sound, I, I don't know, I just, I don't know, I just, I don't know, I, I guess I just didn't want to waste my time with it, so I just decided just to have the kid pop out. Anyway, continuing. Mr. West, Mrs. Kardashian, it's a beautiful baby, I can't figure out what the hell it is. <laughs> hi, Bobby, hi, Dad. That's not me laughing, by the way, that's a clip I found of someone laughing, I just lowered the pitch on it. But anyway. Something must be wrong with that kid. He don't look like me at all. You're not my daddy. Well, I'll be damned. I think the bitch done cheated on me with that Ray Ray punk. It was Ray J. Shut up, bitch. Satan's my daddy. There must have been a mix. I don't know what's up with the punching in there. Anyway. Someone will pay for this. Well, isn't that just cute? Baby drawing a gun on his own daddy. Well, two can play that game, motherfucker. I come from the hood, bitch. You're gonna get capped, bitch. Happy birthday, mother. Ah, damn. Now I didn't. Now just now I didn't actually say fucker. I just said mother, and then I cut it off, and then I put the gunshot in to make it sound like I said it. But uh, yeah, anyway. Wow. You know, I've not heard this bit in a long time, and this bit is not as funny as I remember when I first recorded it. And when I first recorded it, I. It wasn't really all that amusing to begin with. Damn, now I know how my main man 50 Cent felt when he got blasted nine times. Oh, 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 I liked fish sticks. What he said there was, I liked fish sticks. It's a reference to a, a joke on South Park. One down, two to go. This one's okay, how much longer this bit? This is this bit's probably what, like ten seconds left. Thank well, well, like twenty seconds left, thankfully, because wow. And I thought wow, and I thought that new airline training video bit I did was horrible. This one's pretty bad too. It's for you, Bobby. <laughs> and this one's for you, Doctor. <laughs> and while I'm here, I'm just gonna off myself. Goodbye, motherfuckers. <laughs> You've been listening wow. to LRWS Radio Theater. $14.99 for this motherfucker? Sorry, no refund. Damn, I want my money back. LRWS Radio Theater is a Lawrence Ross production. Egomaniac.
Wow, that was. Wow, that was. Wow, that was. That was that 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 was pretty bad. That was wow. That that was rough. But I figured I'd play it because uh, it's somewhat topical. But anyway. Anyway, what else do I got? Oh, oh, well, you know, with with this being the political, you know, climate, uh, I'd like to show the people out there that, uh, you know, I've, uh, um, uh, on this program, I try not to uh, pull for one party. I try to focus on both parties as to how both of them have messed us up. Uh, back there, I did, uh, during the first hour, I did a Clinton impersonation. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so, uh, but I haven't done a lot of bits making fun of Democrats, but I have done a lot of, uh, stuff making fun of Republicans, because I guess, I don't know, it's, it's a little bit easier, I guess you could say. Uh, but, uh, here's an oldie that I did. This is about, uh, John McCain. Uh, back in 2013, John McCain took to, uh, Twitter. He took to, you know, I think I played this before, but I'll play it again. Why not? Uh, back in 2013, in September, John McCain took to Twitter, and he was upset with the way that the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers were celebrating after defeating the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, uh, he complained on Twitter, and so I was thinking about some of the other stuff that McCain has uh, done over the years, and he just comes across as, he came across as this cranky old curmudgeon. So, uh, well, I decided to do this. So, here we go. It's called uh, John McCain disease. And even though John McCain is no longer with us, let me just say that... I do respect him as a veteran. I do respect him uh, as a man. But uh, politically-wise, I can't really get behind a lot of what he's done. But, hey, I mean, look, the guy served his country honorably, so I'm not going to dump on the guy too terribly. But anyway, here we go. Here's a little thing I did about him. John McCain disease. Hope you all enjoy it. Do you or a friend suffer from John McCain disease? John McCain disease, or JMD, could be affecting you or a loved one. Your Congress just went on. Do you or a friend suffer from John McCain disease? John McCain disease or JMD could be affecting you or a loved one. Your Congress just went on vacation for five weeks. Every 45 seconds, somebody comes down with John McCain disease or JMD. Tell them to come back and get to work. John McCain disease is a severe neurological disorder and attacks the chemicals within the brain. What the hell are you talking about? Symptoms include yelling about a baseball team celebrating. Bitch, bitch, bitch. Ranting about high gas prices only to get tripped up by your own words. Is there anybody that's tired of paying four dollars? A, a, a box, four dollars a gallon for gasoline. <laughs> Only thinking about mass devastation that, when anybody way. mentions Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, or Iran. I'm going to bomb that place. And the most common side effect, selecting a woman to be your partner who has no idea what's going on. The next vice president of the United States, Governor... Sarah Palin of the great state of Alaska. The only cure for John McCain disease is to go to your nearest nursing home and request medical attention immediately. I shit my dad! John McCain disease. It's the only way to succeed in politics. The Lawrence Ross Show. Hope you all enjoyed that. That was a uh, bit I did about John McCain. Uh, now, uh, the, uh, um, uh, the, uh, uh, the thing that he said in there that kind of throws me off is where he says the great state. You know, I took a, a political science course, actually several, but one that really sticks out for me is that 
it basically says in the book, in the uh, textbook that we read, we basically read that uh, governors, mayors, whoever, they all see their citizens as expendable. So this whole great state thing is kind of a kind of another fabrication. So there's no way that uh, people can be that excited about living in a state sometimes, you know? It's sad. Real crazy. All right. Well, let's see. What else do I got? <clears throat> Hold on. on okay there we go there we go cut there there we go all right good all right well i only got you know i only have 10 minutes so i might as well what the heck can i do for 10 minutes oh okay you know you know since i played a gym roll since i did a gym roll thing live i don't mind doing a uh eh. what the heck i'll do a gym roll two for why not why not I have such fun doing the Jim Rome character. I did a bit back in December of 2014. Uh, NBC did a live version of uh, of uh, Peter Pan. And one of the actors on it was Christopher Walken. So I was wondering, what would it sound like if Jim Rome interviewed Christopher Walken? So here we go. This is Jim Rome interviews Christopher Walken on the Lawrence Ross show. I'll be back after this. From Southern California, this is the Jim Rome show on CBS Sports Radio. All right, welcome back. Jim Rome show. Broadcasting live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios. Remember tweet of the day. We'll be coming up later on. Also, give me a call, 1-800-636-8686. Got my man, Tiger Woods, coming up, second hour. End of the third hour, talk with Bob Costas, one of the smartest guests we've ever had on the program. Want to bring on the first guest, though, Clones, as I told you about earlier today. Bringing this man on. Dude has so much game. Dude could start his own basketball team. He was in Peter Pan Live last night. Little treat for the kids around the holiday season. For all you clones out there, you know it's holiday season time. Wanna bring on the great Christopher Walken. Christopher, welcome to the jungle, my man. Yes, Jim. Thank you for having me on your program today. Uh, you call it a jungle, but where exactly is the Florida heat and the humidity? It's crazy. When you were shooting this live thing of Peter Pan Live, what was going to your mind when they were doing the flying effects? It was almost like watching a flying trapeze artist. Very amateur artists, but they got the job done nevertheless. I mean, it is NBC. They're able to light a Christmas tree. Surely they can pull off some amateur acrobatics on primetime television. Christopher Walken is my guest. What happened when you were shooting the movie Seven Psychopaths? What was it like working with Colin Farrell? Colin Farrell, very magical man, a very good actor, but I think he regrets making that movie Phone Booth with Keita Sutherland. He would always talk about it during takes. Christopher Walken joining me in the jungle. What was it like in Pulp Fiction when you had to talk about having that watch up your rear end? I consider that scene to be one of my high points in my career. 
I would love to do it again. Christopher Walken has been my guest. Christopher, thank you so much for taking the time out and talking to the audience. Thank you for having me on today. All right, thanks for the time. Holy freaking God. Christopher freaking Walken had a Timex right up where the sun doesn't shine. That is tight. Very tight indeed. All right, let's go to the phones real quick. Got time for one call. Tony in T-Town, Tampa. Tony, you're on Jim Rome. Hey, Romy, thanks for the vine. Sorry about my call quality. I'm calling from the public toilet at work. I want to ask you about the Buccaneers. All right, you just got ran. In all the years of me doing radio, I've never had a clone call me up from the John. That's embarrassing is what that is, clones. Better luck next time. All right, don't go anywhere. Right after this, we talked about the Philadelphia 76ers. What is up with Philadelphia, and will the coach be out on his ass before the end of the season? Don't go anywhere. Jim Robe, CBS Sports Radio. The Lawrence Ross Show, that was done in December of 2014. Now into another one I did. This one is a little bit longer, and this one is... Oh... You know, it's 7.49, so I should probably go into this 8.49. So I should roll it real quick. Uh, it is uh, Jim Rome. This is a bit I did. What would it sound like if Jim Rome just took phone call after phone call, which was ins- which were full of insensitive wisecracks about Aaron Hernandez? Here we go. What is up? A tremendous Friday to each and every one of you in the jungle. I am Jim Rome. Broadcasting live from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios. Save me your Bill O'Reilly sexual harassment smack because I'm broadcasting from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios. All right? Just like the veteran clones with their Burt and Ernie smack. Now, for the new clones, let me reset. The Burt and Ernie thing on this show is a dead issue. Why? They're freaking puppets. They have no sexual preference nor do they have sexual organs. Give it a rest. Coming up in 10 minutes, we're going to have on David Fisdale, coach of the Memphis Grizzlies. Going to talk about him going off on the officials when the team lost against San Antonio the other night. It's a great game, by the way. All right. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to the phones. Marcus in the natty. Marcus, talk to me, bro. Pamp in the box. Hey, Romy, did you notice that Aaron Hernandez's number was 81, but now his number is just minus six? All right, you're out. Keep calling, weakling. Clones, do not bring me your Aaron Hernandez suicide smack, because I am not up for it. Roscoe in Tampa. Hey, Romy, did you see that the Buccaneers are going to be on hard knocks on HBO this season? It's going to be incredible. Hope they have a really good season. Uh, hey, Ven Smack, one question for you. Who do you think choked worse, the Atlanta Falcons in Super Bowl 51 or Aaron Hernandez with his bed sheet? All right, you're out. For the dude rolling around in his sled who may have missed it, no Hernandez Smack, all right? It stinks, just like the guy in your office who microwaves fish from the night before. His girlfriend cooked him a salmon, and he's all happy about it. So he wants to bring it in and share the stench with everybody else. It's always if the girlfriend says to him, It's okay, it doesn't matter to me. 
It doesn't matter to me. It's going to make your office smell like a dumpster outside of Denny's. Just enjoy it and keep crunching those numbers. Chad in Indiana. Chad, what's up? Hey, Romy. Thanks for the vine. Hey, what's blue, stiff, and goes around a bed sheet? <laughs> Aaron Hernandez's neck. <laughs> All right, you just got ran. Do I got to beat you clones over the head with this, man? Seriously. Brian and Beantown. You're on Jim Rome. Hey, Romy. What's Ann Hernandez's favorite song? Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. Ah! No. You don't like that car. I don't like that car. Not a very good car. You're freaking killing me, clones. Just killing me. Roger in Arizona. Hey, Jim. Last night I was making dinner for my family, and when I was chopping the onions, I was crying worse than Aaron Hernandez's mama. All right, clones. I am done. Clones, how many times have you experienced that 2.30 feeling? You know what I'm talking about. You drink your cup of Starbucks, and then a couple hours later, you have that 2.30 feeling. Well, not with 5-hour energy and extra strength 5-hour energy. Bang some of those down, and then see how you feel. 5-hour energy. Get more at 5hourenergy.com. David Fisdale, coming up next. Jim Rome Show, CBS Sports Radio. It's the Lawrence Ross Show. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. I know I got to be wrapping it up in a moment here, but uh, nobody submitted anything for the contest. But uh, thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, just, uh, uh, just uh, stay tuned. Uh, yeah. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Lawrence Ross. As I always say, "Good Lord, willing in the creek don't rise." Tell someone you love that you love them and mean it. And I'll see you next Friday. Until then, ladies and gentlemen. Here's George Carlin from his 2005 album "Life Is Worth Losing," and then it's going to take us right. And then it's going to take it right into the out row. So thank you for tuning in, everybody, and have a good night. And I'll catch y'all next Friday. Bye, everybody. Make sure you check it out. Check the show out on iTunes and/or Spotify. Just search the Lawrence Ross Show. Good night. Take care, everybody. Bye, bye. There's a reason education sucks, and it's the same reason that it will never, ever ever be fixed. It's never going to get any better. Don't look for it. Be happy with what you got. Because the owners of this country don't want that. I'm talking about the real owners now. The big wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. Forget the politicians. Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. That's right. You know something? They don't want people who are smart enough to sit around the kitchen table to figure out how badly they're getting fucked by a system that threw them overboard 30 fucking years ago. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. Obedient 
workers, people who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork and just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay, the longer hours, the reduced benefits, the end of overtime, and the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it. And now they're coming for your Social Security money. They want your fucking retirement money. They want it back so they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. And you know something? They'll get it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this fucking place. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. <laughs> you and I are not in the big club. And by the way, it's the same big club they use to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged. And nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. Good, honest, hard-working people, white collar, blue collar, doesn't matter what color shirt you have on. Good, honest, hard-working people continue. These are people of modest means. Continue to elect these rich cocksuckers who don't give a fuck about them. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you at all. At all. At all. Man. You know? And nobody seems to notice, nobody seems to care. That's what the owners count on, the fact that Americans will probably remain willfully ignorant of the big red, white, and blue dick that's being jammed up their assholes every day. Because the owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream, because you have to be asleep to believe it. You are the motherfucking Antichrist! You've been listening to The Lawrence Ross Show. Email the show, blindlawrence at gmail.com. There's a letter in your mailbox. Follow him on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, all ending in forward slash blindlawrence. Be careful of the fucking wall! Check out his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Lawrence Ross. Become a fan of the show on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash lross1987. I'll send your shiny happy-ass request. Rate and subscribe to the show on iTunes or follow the show on Spotify. Search Lawrence Ross. Get out and take your sack of your weird dollars with you. This week's edition of the Lawrence Ross Show has just hit the brakes. Keep your ugly fucking gold bricking ass out of my beach community. You lose! Good day, sir! I was making radio shows for fun. Everybody does it. Everybody I know does. Shut up! And baba booey to y'all. <laughs>